We're going to continue the, the Scent series that we've been going through over the last few weeks. And I just want to share a short story, um, something I was just reflecting back in my school years. And I remember when I was in year seven, there was this year 12 who was really um, rough with me. You know, when I used to get on the bus, he would punch me in the arm. Uh, when I walking down the hallway of the school, he would grab me in a headlock and give me a noogie. And he just did this. And I actually think he did this out of, because um, he cared, like he, he actually liked me. Uh, and I don't know, it's just his way of showing, um, because he stood up for me at times uh, when I was, you know, getting, getting teased. And can I be honest? I tried to avoid him as much as I could. <laughs> I tried to, when on the bus, I really made sure that I sat at the front um, near the bus driver because I knew he'd be coming. Uh, down the hallways, I would actually go down different hallways because I was scared of him. And because you give me bruises and so forth, and and I actually know him quite well still, and I, I got a good relationship with him. But yeah, I, I just I was just thinking of people in our lives that you know they're part of our part of our life. They um, you know they, they think well of us, but they're, they're people that you kind of try and avoid. You know, I'm sure you can think of people within your own school or your friends or family that, you know, it's nothing like they hate us or anything, but there's just like, there's something about them. You're like, oh, I don't really want to talk to them today. I'm, I'm going to try and avoid them as much as I can because they just really get on your nerves. And I wonder if people feel about us as believers, if they feel the same way as Christians. I bet, I bet there are so many out there that go, oh no, here comes that Christian, that judgmental, hypocritical Christian who preaches at me all the time. I'm, I'm sure of it. And I'll actually give you a stat. Uh, in the US, nearly 90% of 16 to 29 year olds think Christians are judgmental. Nearly 90%. And I think that's a, a similar trend here in Australia. And I've seen articles about, about that as well. And at times I've heard people misquoting a phrase that Jesus said. They said, oh, well, the world, the world, you know, Jesus says the world will hate you because of me. And I think this is such a misquote. What Jesus wasn't saying was that we'd make people feel so uncomfortable because we preach at them. What he was saying is what he was talking about, the love and care we show towards people is going to make people hate you for it because it's not normal. This is what Jesus is talking about, that this, this, this love and compassion and this mercy that people shouldn't deserve, people are going to hate you for it. It's just because it just doesn't fit in with what the world does. Rachel and I just started reading a book together and it's called Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. And Peter Cazero, he asked this question, he said, how would you describe a spiritually mature person? I want you to think about that. How do you describe a spiritually mature person? What comes to mind? Maybe some of these. They're spiritually gifted. You see them working in the gifts of the Spirit. Maybe wise, prophetic, rooted in Scripture, prayerful discerning, serving the poor. And these are great qualities and are necessary. But you know what the Bible teaches? There's one thing that surpasses them all. 
love. In fact, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that it's, it's possible to excel in all these areas and still not have love. The measure of maturity is the love we have for people. I'll say that again. The measure of maturity is the love we have for people. I wonder, and I want you to think about, I wonder what our reputation is like with the outside world. Paul, Paul actually says one of the requirements of being a leader is a good reputation with outsiders, talking about non-believers. How do, you, how do our family, uh, non-believers, work colleagues, friends, how do they see us? You know, do they see us as a blessing? as someone who is quick to listen, love, have compassion? Or are they avoiding us because we're the ones that preach to them and they feel judged? Uh, a, few, a few weeks ago, we, we talked about, um, and this is what we've been doing in the series, we talked about being sent and how that's one of God's attributes, that He is ascending God. And, and as believers, if we have uh, if we're walking with God, if we're walking with the Holy Spirit, we also have that attribute of sentness. And so we are sent into our workplace. We are sent into our families, our friends, our neighborhood. And so we talked about that. And then we talked about sent people know the voice of God. If we don't know the voice of God, how do we know where we're going? How do we know where God has already sent us? And, and we, we delved into that, actually, that the Scripture says that we all have access. We all can prophesy. That's what Peter told us in, in Acts 2, that we can all prophesy. We all can have visions and dreams. We can all prophesy. And this week in the series that I think is the next step of that, of hearing God's voice, when we are sent, is that I, I want to be a church that is a blessing, I want to be a church that is a blessing. Often we talk about, and I even heard Cam say, I, I pray that God blesses you. And I think that's the bless that we often talk about. And you know, I pray, you see it all the time, God bless. But I don't hear the church talking about being our blessing to people. In Genesis 12, 1 to 3, God gave the Abraham a mission. He said this, Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I just want to grab those key words out of there. I will bless you and you will be a blessing and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God's strategy for reaching and restoring the world is simply this, to have his people bless the world. We are blessed to be a blessing. Being sent means being a church that is a blessing to the world. We were made to bless and I, I, I have to be honest, I know that I haven't always been a blessing. Maybe I've, some of you have been you know, annoyed at me or avoiding me at times. I remember growing up, uh, I remember I made a girl cry because I told them that they weren't a real Christian. I remember arguing with my housemate 
uh, he was an atheist, and I told him that he shouldn't be celebrating Christmas and Easter. And I know in those moments, looking back, that I wasn't much of a blessing. I was quite judgmental. And, and I, I think just reflecting on that, why, why did I do those things? And why do Christians do those things? I think we get caught in this trap of, you know, we go to church, we're reading our Bible, uh, and we're, chick- we're ticking all the cultural things that we should do as a Christian, should do. And then what we do, we have this idea, because I do these things, I'm better than everyone else. And this is a dangerous thing, because then we've made it about doing, and we've made it about comparing ourselves. And I, I want to tell you, that is not the gospel message. The gospel message says that we are all sinners. It says that we all fall short of the glory of God. And it's through Christ, it's through our faith in Him, it's from receiving Him, is that He makes us whole. We are all sinners, but Christ is what makes us right, not ourselves and what we do. And so we need to have this understanding and realization that we are sinners, like the person next to us. It's only because of Christ and our faith in Him that He has made us right. And if I had a, if I had a, some wisdom for those that are parents here, and I'm a, I'm a parent myself, when we're teaching our children, and then when when they're growing up, um, what what do you say to your children? Are you a person that is saying to them, you need to go to church? You, you shouldn't go to that party. You shouldn't drink. And, and what we've done is we've made it Christianity about rules. And I want to ask the question, are you encouraging your children or showing them it's about relationship, a relationship with God? Because if you keep doing do, what, what we run the risk of with our children, and this is within the community, we run the risk of our children becoming judgmental because they think it's about rules. They think it's about doing good things. Or the flip side, we run the risk of them walking away from their faith because they've never had a genuine relationship with God. They've never seen that shown to them. And, and I think going back from last week, that's what we talked about, how we can't have a relationship with, with God if we don't hear His voice, if we don't connect with Him, if it's a two-way conversation. And so I want to encourage you, are you showing people how we can have a relationship with, with God? And this is the key to blessing. The key to blessing comes from relationship with God, not from rules. You can go out and serve, you can do this, you can do that. And I've seen many that do those things. And I can tell you, even though they may be a blessing in one area, I've seen them in other areas where they're not a blessing. The doing is not always what it is. It's, it's coming from God. The flow from out of us is the blessing. And it's a daily thing. It's not just in the serving. It's, it's in the morning when we get up. It's when we're eating food with people. It's when we meet with others and friends. It's, it's a continual blessing through to others. And I love this definition for those that don't understand what blessed means. And I love this de- definition. It says, those who live in another world 
far from the problems and worries of others. That's what blessed mean. Blessed means those who live in another world far from the problems and worries of others. Meaning blessed means free from earthly cares and struggles. So let's look at what Jesus says when he says to the disciples, he said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Jesus wasn't talking about financial or physical blessing. He was talking about when we are physically poor, he will make us spiritually rich. When we are hungry, he's talking about physical food, he will make us spiritually full. Whatever circumstance we may be going through, and I have to be honest, the gospel message, we will face turmoil, we will face trials. But what God does is he has blessed us to walk through those things. And he has blessed us to be a blessing. And the, the, the blessing is that peace, that joy. It's a thing that you just can't explain. And it can only come from God, not our own strength. And a, and a, and a great story of this, and I've heard many stories, and I could tell you story after story of people being blessings. But there's a guy called Levo Lusco, and, and he wrote a book called Through the Eyes of the Lion. And he shares this story. And what happened was his daughter, who was five years, five-year-old at five years at the time had an asthma attack and his five-year-old daughter dies uh, there was nothing they could do they, they had taken her to the hospital and they tried their best to uh, to bring her back to life they prayed for her but nothing happened and Levi and his wife went back into the car and this was just before Christmas and Levi's wife said to, said to him, you need to go back into that hospital and give them this invitation to our Christmas Eve service. And you need to say, thank you for trying. Thank you for trying to save our child. And so he did this and he went in and he, he thanked the, the doctors and the nurses and the doctors and nurses were astounded. They couldn't believe it. They just lost their five-year-old daughter. How could they come in? We just... We, we failed. That's what they felt. But Levi showed the grace of God to them to say, hey, thank you. And that was such a blessing. They took the invitation and they decided to go to the church service that he preached at a few days later. And they decided to follow Christ because of the blessing he was. And I... I you know, in those moments, we're often thinking, God, why didn't, why didn't you heal that person? It would have been such a testimony to, to the people. Like people would come to know him. Can I tell you, it's such, it's such a miracle the way that he went back in. And that's a testimony that is just as powerful as healing. We forget that that blessing is, is, just, is, a, is a power thing that the world cannot understand. That's what, that was what draws people to God.
And so how, how do you do that? Because I know some of us have walked through seasons where it's been really hard. It's been really hard to be a blessing when you have people, like Jesus said, there will be people that hate you. They say things towards you. How do you, how do you be that blessing when people do that? We can't do it in our own strength. We do it through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who counsels us, the Holy Spirit who comforts us. The Holy Spirit is the one that walks with us and it be an overflow of us. We cannot do it in our own strength. And so we need to be careful that we aren't holding on and trying to hold things in our own strength. We've got to be careful we're not holding on to unforgiveness because we're not letting the Spirit flow from us, through us. We've got to be careful we're not holding on to the anger because these will rob us from the blessing that God wants to give to us to give to others. You know, I think, you know, this is something in the Western world right now that there's not much we can do about what people say, that Christians are, are judgmental and hypocritical. But I know as a church, there's a way that we can change that narrative. And I, I truly believe it's by us being a blessing through our actions. We need to show them that, you know, they're people that they want to be attracted to, not people they tr try and avoid. And I want to ask you that question. Are people avoiding you at the moment? Or are they people that are attracted to you, that come to you for wisdom? Because the way you are compassionate towards them, because of the way that you listen the way that you care, the way that you love, because this is how Jesus, he showed us how to do that. He showed compassion to the sinners. He went and ate with them. He loved them. And, and the religious people were the ones that were angry at him for doing that. Sent people are a blessing to those around them. Now, I want to give you something practical because I think, one, yes, it's God, but here's some little things that maybe you can do throughout this week or this year. And it's something that uh, Divergent has spoken about a few times uh, before, and, and it's not a Divergent thing. This is Many churches use this, but it's the BLESS acronym. And maybe you've heard it before and maybe you haven't, but I'd encourage you to start with the letter B in BLESS. And that is, begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. I would, I would, I would sit, and, and maybe this week you can do this, ask God, Lord, where, what are you already doing in the spaces where I live or work or play? God, what are the things that I'm holding on to that I have bitterness towards someone within my community, church, family, that I need to let go of? Ask God to search your heart and then ask God to go, you know, where, where, where to go, where, to, where he's working at. Maybe go for a prayer walk in your neighborhood. Who has God put on your mind as you pray and, 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 and send a message to them? Call them. Begin with prayer. You know, I love prayer because what it does is it makes us more in tune with what the Holy Spirit is doing. Our relationship, the more we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, the more we're clear. It's like putting glasses on and seeing where God is already working. 
That's what prayer is so powerful for. That's what fasting is powerful for because we're letting go of our flesh to walk in the spirit. We're saying no to the fleshly things. So I'd encourage you, begin with prayer. Make it a priority. L in bless is listen. I think as Christians, we're very quick to tell someone or try and reason or tell them the gospel instead of actually taking a step back and listening. Listen for the needs around you. Lay down assumptions about the person you're talking. Practice. I encourage you, practice of being present. Ask more questions than answers. You know, Jesus, we see that many, many times again, how he asks questions, especially when you get very, very tough questions. He, he replies back with a question back at him. And you'd be amazed at how much depth you get into the conversation when we can learn to ask good questions. Listen to their story. Ask them, what is their story? Ask them about their hopes and pains and challenges and dreams. You know, I love, I love the story where Jesus asks the blind man, what is your need? It's quite clear he knew his need. He was blind. But often we think we know the problem because we see it. But that may not be the heart problem that's going on inside. And the only way we can find out is being tuned with the Spirit and listening to the person, finding the need, praying into that need. So we begin with prayer. Listen, and E for eat. I think eating is one of the fastest ways uh, to move a, a relationship from acquaintance to a friendship. And I think it's one of the most enjoyable. How can you not enjoy when you're eating and being around others? And, and we see that again with Jesus. Jesus ate with people all the time. And so I guess when you're thinking of eating, Right now, who can you think of that you could invite over for dinner? You know, we've been encouraging our life comms. Instead of, you know, gathering as Christians, who could you invite over non-believers and just have food together? Mixing that Christian and non-Christian world to show that Christians are not judgmental, that we are a blessing. Change their perspective. Change their, what, what they view of. So I want to encourage you, who could you invite over for dinner this week? Who could you go out for a coffee and listen to their story? Ask them how they can help them, how you can be generous towards them. So begin with prayer, listen, eat, and S for serve. Jeremiah 29 verse 7 says, Seek the welfare of the city to which I have sent you. We have been sent to Canberra in this region. And I want to ask you, have you been seeking the welfare of the city? Have you been looking for the need? Where can you serve? I think sometimes in the church world, we get so caught up in our bubble that we actually aren't connected with any non-believers to bless. And so I want to think about this week, if you're not connected to any uh, communities across Canada that aren't Christian, I want you to think about who can I connect in? Who can I serve? Start brainstorming with with other believers about how could you guys bring your gifts together to serve others? Because this is what we see the church doing, in, especially the early church, and, and we are called 
to, to meet the needs within our community. So S, serve. And then the last S, share your story. Share how you met Jesus. Talk about where you were and how Jesus had changed and transformed you. Can I tell you, we can reason with people, and I'm not saying that's, that's wrong. We can get into the nitty-gritty of details about the historic, you know, history of Jesus and so forth. But can I tell you, no one can challenge your story. No one can challenge your personal story. And, and I truly believe when we come together as a church and we start all sharing our story to, to those around us, they're going to start going, wow, there, is, there must be something going on here. It will make people intrigued when they see your own life and, that, and, and you sharing how God has transformed you, talking about the good things that he has done in your life and uh, how God has blessed you. There is power in sharing your story. Write down your story. If, you, if you've never written down your story, think about ways that you can make it the most effective you can when you're talking with others. So B, begin with prayer. L, listen. E, eat. S, serve. S, share your story. And, and, and that's my challenge. My challenge is maybe you can focus on one of these things that I shared. Maybe, maybe you, you've, you've actually realized that you haven't been a blessing to those around you. It's not too late. Ask God to continue to change your, your heart. Ask God to show you ways that uh, you can step out in faith, show you, show you the need around you. I, I truly believe as a church, if we're going to reach this world, we need to change their perception of Christians. We need to show them that the gospel through our actions, the gospel is more than words. The good news is how God and Christ has transformed us. And I've seen that so through so many people within our church. I've seen the blessing that many guys and girls that have been walking around through the week, are, I've, with, with the baptisms that we've had, and can I tell you, it is just, it is a joy. It's a joy to see people be a blessing. It's a joy to be around those people. And I just want to encourage you that this is, this is what God wants to do. He wants to bless you to be a blessing. He wants us as a church to be a blessing to the world, that people will be attracted to him. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you that you bless us that you, you give us the Holy Spirit who walks with us and you want the Holy Spirit to be an overflow of us. And so I just, I just pray, Lord, that whatever we're holding on to, those within our community, whatever the, the bitterness, maybe unforgiveness, anger that they're holding on to, whether it's those within the church, those with outside the church, things that are going to rob us from the blessing that you want to give us. I just pray, Father, that we just let go, that we, that we reconcile because we love, because we love those that, that are with us. We love them, that we're willing to, to forgive. And I just pray that we are a church that is a blessing. I pray that, that we are, are such a bright light to the darkness, that people will be attracted to that, the way we live our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. If you, 
if you feel that you have some things that you're holding on to and it's been such a hard struggle to let go, I want to encourage you to ask those around you to, to help you pray and pray with you. Or if you want to come and talk to me, I'll be more than happy to chat through those things. If you know there are people that you need to reconcile with, I'd encourage you to step out in faith. And, and if you truly love them, that's what we do. That's what we do as believers because we love the church. We, we want unity within the community. If there are people outside of your church, non-believers that you have anger towards, or uh, I'd encourage you to pursue that unity so you can be a blessing to them. Can I tell you, the world expects us to run away. They expect, that's what the world does. They, they, they think we should be angry when someone says something wrong, but as a church, we change that narrative. As Christians, we change that narrative. That's not who we are because God forgives us. He's forgiven us for what we have done. And how can we not forgive others for what they've done to us? Amen.